Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Vanessa, it's time to do the intro. I'm not doing it. Why? Because some of us had to stay at home and work, and we couldn't go to BGG Con, and play games all day and night, hang out with friends, and even go to an escape room. So you have to do it. Oh. Oh, okay, well, this episode is recorded at BGG Con with some familiar personalities where we talk about our con experiences. You even ate at Heart 8, and my intros are better. Hello, and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 81, Come Together. I'm Marty. And I'm Tony. And we are live, semi-live, at BGG Con. Yeah, semi-live because, well, it is Sunday morning, we've survived the con, and you should hear all the coughing, the blurry-eyed, the dragging their sorry hind ends into the recording this morning. How do you hear blurry eyes and dragging hind ends? Well, because I can just hear the crust off your eyelids as you blink. It's awful. It's it's nasty. Well, I must say, I uh, do apologize for the fact that I got con crud, and I got it early in the con, so I'm very congested right now, so you may have to do most of the talking. So, unfortunately, this is a one track recording so I cannot go out and edit out coughs and and phlegm thingies going on in the background. So. so I understand. So basically what I'm hearing is we're gonna be like some other podcast friends of ours who just go live. We're just gonna throw it all out there. Yeah we'll just throw it all out It's not like we've had any embarrassing moments over the past three years, such as a toilet flushing in the background or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> Which cannot be edited out because of the way it happened in the show. But hey, it's a memorable moment in the show. But we are not alone today because we are joined by some of our the wonderful friends that we got to hang out with all weekend. A regular on the show, one half of Chit Chat, Suzanne Sheldon. Hi guys, how are you holding up? Fine, you look like you're holding up a whole lot better than what we are. I, I'm on my third coffee, so I'm great. And you got up early this morning to game, didn't you? I had to play Dark Moon. At 7 a.m.? That is when everybody's a little bleary and a little exhausted and their ability to lie is a little depleted because their brain's tired. That's the best time to play. Because you can get it over quicker? It's because I I am more caffeinated than they are and I can manipulate the scenario a little better. But I will say that you are sounding a whole lot better because when I first saw you on Wednesday, you were kind of down a little bit there. It's like the the credit already hit you. Yeah, I decided to try something new this year, so I got sick right before I came to the convention and then decided I would do my best to be patient zero for con crud this year at BGG Con. So I licked a lot of doorknobs, um, you know, covertly coughed in my hand and then touched people on the back, <sighs> things like that. So it's your fault I'm sick? Absolutely. Okay, I, I really appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Well, I have a question. I, I mean, we hung out all week and... I, I'm not sick. I didn't take those. Did you have your emergency C chewy tablets? I did. Went through a whole bottle of those things. Uh-huh. Didn't and, do it. And I'm fine. <clears throat> I, I am test subject number one to say that stuff doesn't work. I'm sure it doesn't. Do Anybody else here? Is there just... Well, yeah, yes. Jeez. Jeez. It's, it's kind of like the never-ending social game here. I'm trying to move us along. But that's okay. Also, we have joining us Matt Evans from Board Game Replay, the YouTube channel where you can watch people play board games. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on the show. It's an honor. That's fun. He's just being nice. Yeah, he's, well, he's sporting today. I know you can't see us out there in pocket. He is wearing, now I'm going to get it right this time, Neroshima Hex shirt. Neroshima? Neuro. Like, Nero. Nero. I thought, I thought you like, said it was Nero. It's like neuro. Like neurotic. 
I am. Okay. Okay. Where's Nero coming into this thing? Because it looks close to Nero. Like neurology? In my head. Neurotic? Yeah. Neuroshima. Can we go past this? Okay. In addition, we also have another regular guest that's uh, with us today is Chaz, insert some sort of pithy statement in quotes, Marler from Paradise Paradise. Hey guys, it's so great to join you again. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Did you notice the title of the show? I did uh, come together. Which is not a Beatles reference, unless they yes, did a cover. Yes, it is. Oh, oh, it, oh my gosh! Oh, they wrote the song. They, they did. <laughs> yeah, you pulled it out of your hat. You yes. actually. Wow, I was all prepared for you to break your streak, but look at you. I know. Every time you're on, we've got the Beatles song. We've got the references coming, and, uh, and it just came to me. It was like, bam! When when the, all the other songs I've mentioned here while we were sitting around the table, everybody was boop went on. I was okay with that. I am so impressed that even with all these other guests, you still found a way to make the show about me. <laughs> I appreciate wow. that. Okay. <laughs> but, but that's awesome. No, thank you for being on. So I'm glad everybody made it safe to the con. Today is Sunday, so we're fixing to get out of here. Has everybody got their plane tickets ready to go? All packed up, ready to ship everything back that you bought or didn't buy? No. I got... Ten pounds of stuff to fit into a five-pound bag by the end of, by by noon today. Well, you know that sounds familiar, like a game we played last night with Rodney Smith about putting eggs in an, a, a ostrich bag. Wasn't that an incredible okay, game? Let's talk about this. So, <laughs> Rodney got to play this game. He said last year, I think at BGG Con, and I forgot the name of it. Somebody can help me uh, out. Eggs of ostrich. Eggs of ostrich. And he said it's been in the back of his mind ever since, and wanted to get a copy. And wow. if I'm correct. Suze, you found the copy yeah. here at the convention in one of the booths. Yeah. Where, where, where did you get it from? Uh, the Board Game Geek Store actually is carrying it. Okay. And so Rodney said, you got, you got to try this. You got, I mean, he was just, you got this three-player <laughs> player game is awesome. So he sat down and started going through it. And it's one of those, thematically, it's odd, right? So oh, yeah. So you're collecting ostrich eggs. And you have different sized bags, and if you put one too many eggs in that bag, they burst. That's brilliant, you think. And so you try to maximize the bag and get the maximum number that the bag can hold, and if you don't, you only get one half point value of whatever eggs are in that bag. And so there's a number that comes out, and everybody puts down the bag that they want to put those eggs in, and uh, then it's split evenly. So unless there's three people, and they're saying there's seven eggs coming out, then each person would get two. So you got to make sure that whatever bag you put down that you make sure would fit in there if you get that amount. But somebody can play a skip, which means we don't get any eggs whatsoever, which means other people would have gotten more eggs and possibly burst, burst your bag. bag. Burst your bag. Um, it, wow, it sounds a lot more interesting when I speak it out, but it was just... <laughs> well, number one, it kind well of Matt me, was there. Yeah, <laughs> Matt. I mean... Okay, just go. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I was also, uh, I was excited to try this. There's was a little bit of hype, you know, flowing around about it. I know that, I guess, I think you said they sold out, like, right? They, they sold out pretty quick from the BGG store. I know, or at least there are people waiting in line for it. And Wait, wait, what? I think so. I think I think Rodney was, like, concerned about getting a copy. Like, it was limited, limited copies of it. Okay. As as I know, so. Okay. Uh, I thought the game was interesting. You know, it's got some little bit of bluffing. You know, you're kind of throwing down. It's a little bit of take that, you know. You see, you know. Two of you guys take skip, and then the other guy ends up busting his bag, and like a really, you know, there might be ten eggs there that you gotta distribute, and somebody even puts in a seven hoping to get a lot of eggs, and they end up busting like their most valuable victory point bag. So, a lot of elements going on in the game, and only it was maybe twenty five cards in the whole game, mm-hmm. a small box thing. I don't think it was too bad. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was okay. One thing that was kind of odd though was the art. 
Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. very strange. Yeah. I've actually tweeted out an art of the one of the ostriches is kind of laying on his back, which is an odd position for an ostrich. I don't. I'm not very familiar with ostriches. No. I don't hang around them a lot, but it was just odd for them to see him yeah. on the ground. Just smiling and in his light legs. What did you call it? Like a spread ostrich? But on punch. But yeah, I mean, it was. I thought for first, I thought they were looking between their legs. But I mean, y'all pointed out to me that the that would put the trees on the bottom of the card, so you needed to flip it. Out. I'm like, that can't be right. And it was the the ostrich was laying on his back. I, I didn't anyway. It, actually, it is a really. To me, it'd be a really good game for a younger family to play. A lot of thinking in there. You've got the golden eggs that cards would show up. And if everybody, um, if only one person plays a skip at that time, then they get the egg. But if everybody plays a skip or two people play a skip, because it's only a three-person game, because, you know, um, then nobody gets a skip. And those eggs are worth more. So I busted two bags, had two golden eggs, and I was able to tie for first. I've spent when you think we've spent more than enough time on this game. <laughs> I would agree. No, uh, <clears throat> no, it was just funny. This is like this is the game. It's like, oh, you got to play this. It, it's a, it's a cute game, but I was expecting something like mind blowing. Yeah. So so we went from playing. Uh, we had the ostrich game, and all this started. We squirreled from Chaz busting his bags because he had too much stuff to put in it. Yeah. Wow. Everybody else packed, ready to go, get out. You got anything ready to ship, Miss Suzanne? I've I've got a little bit of a problem. I may have bought a little more than I had planned. I came with a perfect plan on how I was going to get all the stuff I was going to buy. Because I, I planned to buy some stuff. But in inventorying my haul this uh, morning, looking at the three enormous stacks I have on the extra bed in my room, I realized I might have a shipping issue this morning. So after this podcast recording, I'm going to go down and run around and see if anybody has a scale, see if I can procure some boxes and, and, and get creative. Well, I believe... Chaz, there's a FedEx table set up that you can ship, and I think you're going to do that, so that could be an option for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nice of them to open it back up on the weekend uh, for all of us to get stuff home. Yeah, it so it was nice of them because they knew how much money they were making. <laughs> all these board game addicts who yeah. <laughs> exceeded their board game budget, yeah. But aren't you a little concerned? Today <laughs> is the I don't want to ship. Our, uh, all of our the vendors don't want to ship all their stuff home, so you know there's going to be some deals in the vendor hall, maybe, hopefully. Did Bonacor pay you off to say that? Is there mm-hmm. ever any deals in the vendor hall? Well, well yeah. last year, last year, like a few of them do. Just yeah, a few well, of them. Please tell me who they are because usually conventions they don't drop it that much. Last year, somebody was negotiating with me to take their game. So anyway, okay. but that's okay. Talking about the shipping, uh, one thing that was really big was the advent calendar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. BGG oh, yeah. Con that was big over at Essen. Somebody said that uh, they paid $60 for this thing, and then it cost them 60 bucks to ship it home. Oh, so. Well, then that's, but that's because they chose to ship the entire box, mm-hmm. which is maybe 20 inches wide and like 15 inches tall, and it's really thick. Um, I went the opposite route, and I chose to just tear mine open and take all the promos out of it, and it will fit in a double-sized deck box. But isn't the whole purpose of the advent calendar to kind of punch the little things each day before Christmas? Yeah, I'm not going to spend $60 just to have the privilege of punching a little little door for, for 25 days. Wow. She loves her kids so much. Mom, is this any day we can... No, I just... Yeah, I don't think my three-and-a-half-year-old really cares about the Orléans promo that comes in this calendar. Oh, my goodness. So... We got a lot of stuff to talk to, but uh, with there were so many uh, subjects to talk about, we thought, you know, what better way to get a lot of subjects in 
than doing a flying squirrel segment. And now it's time for Flying Squirrels, short discussions on topics that have our attention for now. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. So in Flying Squirrels, what we're going to do, each of us is going to take two minutes to talk about any topic they want to talk about. Now in this in this segment, we're all, it's all going to be something BGG related, not necessarily a specific board game related, but something that just happened to us at BGG. Everybody's going to get two minutes, and when the two minutes expires, you're going to hear this sound, which means we're just going to move right on to the next topic. And do kick us all off. Tony's going to get us started. All right. So if I can get my clock, here we go, and go. So for me at BGGCon, one thing I've noticed, I'm curious about y'all's opinion, is it seems like the gaming hall, there was a lot more diversity females were in the hall from last year. Even I thought, Suzanne, what are you mouthing females at me? Females. 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 To go along with all those males. Males, yes. But anyway, uh, I thought there were... I thought there was a lot more diversity in the crowd this year compared to last year. Just walking around, and I think that is incredible. It just shows the growth in the gaming industry and the uh, gaming community that we, what, they cut down the number of people that came here, but it seemed a lot more balanced. Thoughts? If you disagree with me, please speak up now. We have 45 seconds into it. It seemed like it, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really nice. And you look around, and um, I just think that speaks to the expansion of the hobby and also the growing awareness about board game conventions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and as people learn about them and want to attend them and have fun. And, and, and I think what's great is that there was so little conflict. You know, all these different mm-hmm. people come together and around something they love, and it was really great. It's so funny when you come into a situation like this. You do get so many people of different varying backgrounds and everything, but I, I rarely see any conflicts like taking place in the convention. Everybody's just here to do one thing and focus on one thing they love in board game, and that's board games. And, and I mean, you, you could walk around. If you didn't have a game, there were plenty of times um, to play games. I mean, the only, only issue was the fact that you for the hot games, there was a constant line for that, but even Susanna and I got to do Wonders Duel. And But once again, it, it was a really nice crowd. Once again, for BGGCon, a very good gaming crowd. Um, that was going on here. In I Dallas. saw a lot of couples. Yeah, oh, I oh, saw yeah, a lot of couples. Yeah. That was that was really neat too. To for, yeah. for people to experience this with their significant other and come in and enjoy it together. And then they say there were people here from forty four different states. I thought it's amazing that this can bring so many different people together. Yeah, it's and, just and great. Thirteen countries, or maybe so, more than that. Yeah, yeah it was amazing. All right, <clears throat> my topic for flying squirrels is that. Marty has converted me to a new way of thinking when it comes to going to BGG or any convention. I always used to take the highest floor in the hotel possible because I thought it'd be quieter, less Mm -hmm. traffic up there, the higher you go, probably. And Marty, uh, almost as an obsession, um, said, no, no, you want a lower hotel room, lower floor, lowest floor possible. You know, I saw him up there, you know, begging the concierge desk or whatever it was, you know, please move me to a lower floor. So I think, you know, I'm going to try that too. So we got, I got the low, I got a fourth floor instead of the 13th floor. And the reduction in the amount of elevator time required for me to navigate this hotel was astounding. <laughs> I am a, I'm an ele, I'm a low floor elevator convert. 
So. And it is, and especially in this hotel, the stairs are right there by the elevator. So I mean, it's not, but you quickly go up and down, and I mean, it makes the stairs an option too. Yes, it does. Yes, and I, I, that's all I used the entire time was going up and down because I was on the same floor as y'all, and I was like, "There's no time for us." You know, I'm not having to wait. I'm not having to stop at every floor and being stuck in the back, and I'm getting off on the fourth floor, and I'm always in the back. But anyway, I don't know about My other you. Tip on that is, <clears throat> excuse me. Not only do I select a low floor, I ask for a room as close to the elevator as possible. Now, really? if you're noise sensitive, that could bother you if you get a little extra foot traffic. I'm yeah. not noise sensitive. But if I got to dash up and grab something out of my room, a game, or if I've got a big armload of games that I got to transport back mm -hmm. to my room, mm -hmm. having saving that extra 40 steps actually helps a lot. That's a good tip, too. Yeah, and as a 10th floor stayer here at this hotel, I can confess that I absolutely agree with you, Chaz and Marty. I will not be doing a 10th floor room again. Yeah. Six o'clock at night, going down that elevator, stopping at every single floor. Yes. And then hearing the jokes at every single floor about the elevator table. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with not doing that again. All right, so yeah, one of the things I've learned here, I come from a, I'm not a small town, you know, not a, a, a less less small town than, than, than Dallas, like we're in, or where I am, sorry. Now, so one of the things I want to talk about is something I've experienced for the first time here, and that's Ubers. I come from a sort of a smaller town, and I know I don't do a lot of traveling, but uh, Marty here travels a lot, and he speaks very highly of Uber. And one of the first things that happened when we got here, he said, hey, we're going to get an Uber. We're going to take it from Terminal E we were at, I think it was. Yes. Rodney and I came in, and we were waiting there. We're going to meet up with Marty. We're going to take an Uber to the hotel, and we couldn't figure out the system. Like, the terminals are crazy, and they're all over the place. This airport's massive. And... First thing, my first experience with Uber, Marty talks it up. We're like, this is a great thing. <laughs> it pulls up, and this guy just comes out and says, like, hey, you Jeff? And we're like, he's like, no, Marty. Okay, great. Throw your stuff in the car. And before we know it, we're halfway through the trip. We're, like, way down the airport. We've already gone through two tolls going the wrong way. And he goes, Matt, I think we're in the wrong car. <laughs> and, and the whole experience ended up causing us, like, three times as much. And it was a total mess. And it was we felt so bad because you had spoken so highly of it. But, but didn't Marty coordinate it? I did. And, and isn't Marty the one that had used Uber before? I did. What? And, and, and in the Uber app, don't they literally give you a photo of the driver's face so that you can confirm whose car you're getting into? Literally. Okay. In, in Marty's defense, we used Uber n numerous times. You know, some of the highlights were taking trips off of away from the hotel and using Ubers, and they all went really, really well. I mean, sometimes I was sitting on the floor, smushed in between the seats of an SUV, or crammed seven people in the back of a Suburban. It was great either way, though. We got there cheap, much better than any taxi would have taken us. So. That's true. Except for maybe that one time when we were stuck out in the middle of nowhere, and it was like, oh, we need to get it. Ooh, no one's here, and ooh, no one's here. Ooh, we're going to be paying a lot for this Uber. And that was an interesting experience. If you're going traveling or anything like that, I do find Ubers to be cheaper than taxis. If just make sure you you know look at the person who's supposed to be driving, and before you get in the car, make sure that it somewhat matches. <laughs> well, if anybody who's listened to Board Game Geek Con coverage before, they've probably heard somebody talk about heartache, heartache barbecue. Right? You're in Texas, you got to have barbecue, and if you're at BGG Con. The barbecue place you go to is Hard Eight. Well, as some of you may know, I'm a vegetarian, which means Hard Eight doesn't necessarily have the same appeal to me since a massive plate full of meat by the pound doesn't necessarily, you know, sound like dinner. Oh, I don't understand what you're saying. Meat by the pound. <laughs> I, I tuned out a little while ago. <laughs> But with a number of my friends, including the fine gentleman around this this room right now, uh, going to Hard Eight, I, I really couldn't resist. I, I had to go. I had to go. So 
Uh, I begged and pleaded my way into the Uber so that we could go together, <laughs> cram myself into the back. And I gotta say, if you're a vegetarian and you're attending BGGCon, go to Heart 8. It was amazing. After you trounce through the tunnel of meat um, and, you know, come out the other end smelling like smoke for the rest of the night, they've got this amazing area with side dishes. And that's what I did. I had a baked potato. I had macaroni and cheese. I had cobbler. I had coleslaw. I had onion rings and french fries. And it was all delicious. So I cannot recommend. As a vegetarian, I can honestly say Heart Eight's the place to be. Well, I wanna, okay, I'll let you go next year. But for me, I screwed up at Heart Eight again. I said I would not do it again. I will not spend that kind of money on this thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get the brisket sandwich. But you know, those ribs look really, really good. I think I'll get one or two. So I go, yeah, let me get a brisket sandwich. That's going to cost me that, and one or two ribs. They're not going to cost me that much. Bam! The next thing I know, I got five ribs on my plate over there. And you don't walk out of there not eating it because you paid for it. Ain't that right, Chaz? Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I didn't know what to expect. It was my first time. I got my plate, and I was like, that's a heck of a lot of meat. So I took a picture. I IM'd it to my wife, and the IM came back, and she said, that's a heck of a lot of meat. <laughs> and I want to point out, you all ate it all. <laughs> so one of the big highlights for me was being able to go out to uh, the Plat Hat Games office. And the reason why is because uh, Tony and I are getting into Ashes. And the designer, Isaac Vega, uh, works there, Planet Games. And we got to go into his office, and Isaac's like, yeah, um, you want to check something out? And I went, well, sure. So he pulled up these PDF, these image files of all the new cards are going to be coming out in April. And I was just like, oh, I just salivate. And just, he said, here, you just take the mouse and you just scroll through and look at all these things. So I got to see all the different cards that are going to be coming out for Ashes. I just got so excited so it was really cool to see kind of behind the scenes they hadn't spoiled any of these yet of course everybody was coming in there's a lot of other things going on in that office too like maybe an expansion to dead of winter maybe working working on they had that on his desk and people were coming in there and like taking pictures and then they'd show isaac and say i'm going to post this picture but i want you to make sure that you can't see anything because you know they're, they're really secretive wanting this stuff to get out so it was really cool to see behind the scenes what's going on got to see the the release schedule of all that was going to be coming out for Ashes over the next uh, four or five years. And then it kind of, the party kind of went, and it, it turned into a real party at this point, because back in the back warehouse, they had uh, they had a lot of pizzas, and they had some alcoholic beverages going on, and it, it turned into a nice little shindig, and I think, except for Chaz, I think all of us went to this. Yes, okay, we got in a bunch of nods there, but yes, we all did, and I will say, I'm glad to know that my allowance that I receive monthly will now be spent for the next five years. It has been allocated to the Ashes <laughs> Arena. Thank you so much, Plat Hat, for that, but it is kind of neat just to see the workings behind the office, to see all the products stacked everywhere, and you're just like, ooh, salivating over all that good stuff. What do you mean there's a shortage of dead of winter? Look at all that. No, I didn't say that. Well, I'm, I must say, before my time is up, Forever and ever, uh, Rodney and I have been talking about doing our Ashes Grudge match. So we both made a deck. We get on their Twitch TV, and he beats me. So <laughs> all these private messages we've been playing where I won, we finally get it posted for all the public to see, which probably nobody watched. And, and then and Rodney took me out. As we were doing our two-minute, uh, uh, what's it called again? Flying Squirrel. two-minute initiative. That's something yeah. totally different. Uh, another good friend of ours, Joel Eddie from Drive Through Review, came in and was like, "You get two minutes to talk about something." So, Joel, what's your two-minute topic? Did you guys talk about the escape room? I assume you did. We're gonna hold off on that for a longer topic. Okay. So, without putting pressure on you, we'll hold off on that uh, uh, for the next segment. Did you talk about Origins from uh, Artana Games? 
Rob Davia's new design. Go. Go. Okay. So I play tested along with some folks here, I think, sitting around the table. Uh, Rob Davio has a new legacy game or multiple games in a series called Origins. And we played like the first game of the first series. Uh, and Dirk, Kent, or Dirk Niemeyer actually also was co-designing that with him. And oh, it's actually called Chronicles. We played the Origins game in the Chronicles series. I've been notified. <laughs> uh, Hence the flying squirrels. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so that was really fun. I was really impressed with the amount of detail that was already kind of apparent from the game we played. Basically, what you do um, is you play a game of it, and then at the end of it, you have a tribe. And this may change, I guess, but I think it's pretty locked in. You may have a tribe, and then you play five to eight more games. And you have these tribes that come out of the Stone Age, and then you can take one of the tribes that you played collectively and flip the board over and play in the Bronze Age with that tribe. You can choose the tribes, and there's all these events and crazy legacy stuff that happen. And we didn't get to see very much of that, but they kind of alluded to us uh, what was coming up. And I was really impressed with it, so it seems like Rob Davies is going to be making legacy games for the next 10 years, but um, it was impressive. It was I wanted to stay away from Seafall and Season 2, a pandemic legacy, which were also being um, demoed here, because I don't want to spoil those at all, especially pandemic, because I really enjoyed the first pandemic legacy. And this one is a series over five games that goes all the way to the space age. So I figured, well, one game is not going to spoil so much, so I can get into it. But I was really impressed with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all of us kind of walked away from that table because that was a that was a really unique experience, and it's one of those things. It's going to like the whole history. All the games are going to be taken across all the different games. Yeah, and we also learned that the definition of semi-cooperative in Canada is different than it is in the <laughs> United States at our table. Yeah, there's some backstabbing going on from that Rodney dude that happened uh, during that game. Good gosh. But he's not here to defend himself, which is why we'll talk about him. <laughs> right. He hurt me so bad. <laughs> We're going to take a little break here to let all of our guests get something to drink to clear their throats before we get into our next segment. Hey, Tony, you have any idea what's going on with Portal Games? Man, I don't know. We were just at BGG Con. I wish we had figured out a way to figure that out. Hello, guys. I'm Gustav Chevichek. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you. I, I got just a lesson. I was at a Stronghold booth talking with Bonaco, Stephen Bonaco, and he told me that when I do an interview, I should say something like, buy Stronghold, buy Stronghold, buy Stronghold, buy Stronghold, buy Stronghold. Hello, everybody. So, Stronghold's available. Yes, yes, yes. Stronghold, buy Stronghold, buy Stronghold, buy Stronghold. Second edition from Stronghold Games that he, to- that he told me. Yes, but that's at his booth. What's at your booth? Ah, that's the lesson. My booth. My booth is by Rattle Battle, by Tides of Time, by Atlanteans, by Five Families, by Hunters, and by everything. So that's Ignacy, trained by Stephen Bonacore. I'm telling you, what's hot now at Portal Games? All right, well, everybody's got something cold to drink to help clear their throats, and we're going to now go into our BGGCon experiences, our best and worst. And what I'm going to do is I'm just basically going to throw it out there for who wants to lead off with their best experience here at the con? Well, I think one of our best experiences I think we need to save towards the end, which is what we did Thursday night. So uh, so we can jump to somebody else's less than best experience than what that was, because that was pretty awesome. <laughs> How's that for cryptic? Yeah, sure. But how do you know that this best experience that you're talking about was not somebody else's worst experience? There is no way. 
Uh, well, oh no, that's right. But <laughs> Mister, if it, if it, like, what are you talking about? Okay, fine. I just want to go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, let's get it, let's get let's let's get it off off the um, floor here talk or whatever it is. I don't. I forgot all, the all, metaphor. What about on me. the table? On the table. Get it off the table. Thursday night, uh, all of us uh, here, along with Rodney. So you know, who we have here again is is, is Chaz and Joel and, and Matt and Susan and ourselves. Uh, Rodney got to go experience an escape room. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks beforehand, and we got a time scheduled. We uh, reserved a slot, and Thursday night we took the Uber out the, out there, grabbed something to eat, and, and went and did an escape room. Now, uh, before that time, uh, who were the only persons here that had done an escape room? We can't hear that, so that was Suze and Matt. First time I was waiting for maybe a nod. Just trying to fit in here, man. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he's never coming back on the show. No, he is. He's doing a great job, but yes. Okay, so that's pretty. So we had some veterans. Now, I did experience one up in Boston, but it was geared more towards a family, so the puzzles were not very difficult in that room so i do not really count that as an escape room but yeah. anyway and without spoiling the room in case somebody comes and doesn't well, we can give you the theme of the room the idea was is that uh if nobody's ever experienced an escape room the idea is they throw you into a room there's kind of a story a backstory going on uh what happened there was a murder that had occurred and it was kind of a cold case and we were there to investigate because we had ideas of who we think the murderer might have been. And we we're trying to see if we can prove that that person really did uh, murder that individual. So you get that little bit of a backstory. You go into a room and the door is locked and then that's it. You just go. There's no instructions or anything. You're just like, okay, you're kind of on your own. That is correct. So we've got some great guests here today. I mean, they're they're not just to jump in whenever you want. <laughs> they they did give you the overview and you know, some some preliminary, just a rough outline of guidelines. But yeah, they put you in the room, shut the door behind you, and you're it's like you're in someone's house, trying to find clues to solve the murder and get to the next location. If there is one, you might discover some alternate paths that you didn't even think would be in there. The one that we went to. Um, it was my first one, but I was um, super impressed with the attention to detail, uh, not only in the puzzles, but also in the way that they uh, helped guide you through it if you got stuck. They made themselves available in a way that was still very off-limits. Um, mm -hmm. They only bothered you if you needed it, and when if you needed it, they made it very easy to communicate with them to help get you through it. It was, it was really nice. Yeah, so one example of that is they give you three clues. They, I think, Tony, you had the panic button. And they give you this button. It's like a little key fob kind of thing. And you can push that three times, and you don't, uh, you don't lose any time. After three times, they start penalizing you, you know, for their records and their everything. But we had one spot where you guys had figured out a number, and we're all kind of like spread out, like, looking at different clues. And somebody said 150. And I had a briefcase in my hand, and it had two sets of three numbers to open a lock. And I was like, that's got to be the number. So I did 150, 150. And I pushed the button, but I was pushing them the wrong way. And that was the correct uh, combination. And so they, they gave us kind of like a free clue because it seemed like it wasn't 150 when I pushed it. They're like, hey, why don't you try reopening that briefcase? <laughs> this message comes on this like LCD screen stuck in the room. So we did it, and we just pushed it a different way. Oh, there, the briefcase popped open, and we were able to continue. Yeah, the LCD screen basically was tracking your time. You only had an hour to get out. And there would be this tone, and you would, they say, if you hear a tone, that means I'm getting ready to send you a message. They just have a scroll bar across the top where they just kind of type something in. Each room has a camera in it, so there's somebody, the game master's kind of watching the game from afar in case you need any help. 
Well, it, it was certainly interesting to do this with y'all. This was the fourth room escape that I've done, and <clears throat> this by far was one of, one of the better ones I've done. Well, was, look at who you're doing it with. Well, that's she's the talking, thing, though. She's talking about the room, not us. Oh, okay. Yeah. My bad. It, was, it was interesting to do a room escape with y'all, because no. um, we have some strong personalities. We have some smart people. We have gamers who are analytical or puzzly thinkers or strategic. And really, it's not just about understanding how to put together a 3D puzzle or connecting disparate in pieces of information you're collecting. It's about communication and cooperation and organization in chaos. And I think that overall, we did pretty well. But near the end, when we all felt, we knew we were so close, <laughs> we knew we had all the pieces and we were so close and just on the precipice, but that timer was under five minutes. Oh. Everybody's panic started to rise, and we were all so invested. And the chaos descended, and everything. I felt like in, in, a, in a really entertaining, positively tense way, everything started falling apart as we were, like, shouting at each other and pointing, and random numbers were being said, and random letters were being said, and it was, it was in retrospect, oh, my gosh, that, that was highly amusing. Yeah, I didn't know somebody else could curse like that. <laughs> no, I have to agree. That was I, I've done one escape room before, and it was nowhere near this level. It was uh, it was so great. I had a really good time with it, and uh, my friends all enjoyed it when we did it before too. But this was on a whole nother level. I mean, like you guys already mentioned, the the theme was top notch. I mean, mm -hmm. we walk into this thing, and it's this like beautifully. It's like a decorated office with a full bookshelf. And I mean, I'm not spoiling. I don't want to spoil anything you give away. But man, there was there was dozens and dozens of clues. And I mean, we all. I just it felt so great when we walk in there as this big team. We all split up. We're all doing our own thing. We're like, hey, I got a key over here. Hey, I found this box. And it just it was such a good feeling. You, you toss out like, hey, try this combination, and somebody does it, and you hear that sound of the lock pop open, <laughs> and it was just like, oh man, like it feels so good. Like it, that's an incredible experience. And I have to say, it has a lot to do, I think, with the people you do it with. And I, I wouldn't want to do it with strangers. I feel like doing it with friends is, is definitely key, but mm -hmm. if you haven't done one, I can't recommend it enough. It's it's not something that I think it's important to stress. It's not something that's really like book smarts, math smarts, anything like that. It's really a lot of, well, it's almost street smarts. Like it's really a lot of just like that problem solving skills type stuff and working together as a team. And then as Suzanne said, communication. I, I think, yeah, collaboration was yes. key. Yeah. There was, there were some puzzles that required like math or looking at things a certain way. And then there was, uh, some puzzles that required dexterity and kind of 3D thinking. And one of those came to me and was like, you know what? I cannot do this 3D puzzle. And I handed it off to someone else and I turned around to like grab something and I turned back and he was like, had it done. I was like, that would have taken me 20 minutes. So knowing who to pass off which task to was pivotal in getting through that thing. What was weird to me is like uh, Matt said, you know, all these things are decorated and they're so well done like somebody's house and you go in there and you're just like tearing it up and I felt weird it's like I'm ripping ripping books off the shelf and ripping off cushions and ripping up the cushions and looking inside and everything I'm like I feel like I shouldn't be doing this because I feel like I'm in somebody's home and I wasn't taught to do this sort of thing but you do you have to look at everything you're on the you're on the ground you're looking underneath stuff you're pulling carpet back trying and you had to because a lot of the clues and stuff was under carpet, like on ground level, underneath yeah. things. Under we had turned stuff upside down. In fact, uh, Joel, we, you and I found a clue just by turning something upside down. It wasn't underneath something, but we heard something rattling inside something else. We went, "Oh, wait a minute! There's something in here." So you had to kind of pick up and touch everything. Yeah, it was. You know, when you talk about the chaos of it, there were clues being solved that I had no idea was even like a mystery because. 
there was so much going on and there were seven of us in there and there was enough for us to do. When we first got in there, everybody kind of went and did a thing and I was like, okay, looks like you guys got it covered. And then I just kind of started wandering around. Then I moved over to that thing we turned upside down and then there was the briefcase. But then it, like in the second room, uh, I think the 3D puzzle thing that you're talking about, I turned around and Rodney's like, hey, look at this. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> He's like, I put it together. I'm like, you put it together, and it looked like a really complex thing. It was, yeah, it, was. it had like, oh man, 15 pieces of this stupid thing, and yeah. And I was it, like, when did you do this? <laughs> I've been here with you like for the last 10 minutes. I didn't even see any of this happen. But Joel, did you ever? Did you feel like there, like puzzles were being solved that you didn't even know existed? But did you feel like you didn't have things to do, or oh, that no, you were no. disengaged, uh, or that there was no, good no, balance? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking and I was listening. It's like you kind of like keep one ear open and like, you know, when you're shouting numbers uh, for the, the 150 thing on the briefcase, you know, you hear all that kind of stuff happening. And then you kind of just would bounce in and out of the different puzzles. Because there were certain things like, in that, especially in that final room, I noticed there was a lot going on. You know, there were the certain numbers that were in different positions. And so I could kind of kind of come back and come full circle and sync up and say, okay, I know where they're going. But there were certain things, like there was the one X-ray thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that at all. <laughs> yeah, because we were we were focused on the other piece of opening that one door, and yeah, and they, we just seemed to kind of come apart and then come back together. I remember right afterwards, uh, there was when we were waiting on our Uber to come pick us up. There was like a little uh, gas station, a little service station. We all got something to drink, kind of wait for the car to pick us up there. And I was like, that was the best thing ever, except for one person. Well, you know. Uh one of the things that are key in my job is communication. And it was actually, the event was really great. I'm sorry if I put a wet blanket on the group for it, but it was it was amazing to watch from a social standpoint, the communication skills. Because for me, as Marty has often heard, you have to say it, repeat it back, and then agree with it. And and, and I am constantly being hammered on communication and training, and I got to see y'all talk over each other. And by the way, it's amazing how quickly math skills will leave you as you get older. Remember, division multiplication um, and then the other Additions, stuff and addition right. and subtraction unless there's parentheses unless there's parentheses and that's how we got to 150 it was given 300 but 150 but that's beside the point I won't belabor the point but there either is way one, there is one thing I wish they would offer the ability since they're videoing it wouldn't have been hilarious if they recorded it and you could get the, the footage cool. afterwards oh. to watch oh that, I would just love to have seen how we reacted in that the they, faces. Sh they should really give you permission to record it and then give you a copy of it then that'd be really cool yeah I mean it was and one of the puzzles that Suzanne and I solved, I just held the mirror. It was that was so much fun for me because I got to stand there and I'm sure she was like, "Boy, get away from me!" But you had to be, you had to hold the mirror. It was uh, anyway. But um, I thought it was great teamwork, actually. I thought it was too. I thought you did really well together. I know because we had to get somebody with a smaller hand in there, and then Joel's taller than me, but he could have stuck his long arm in there to hold the mirror. That was just hilarious. But you know, the best thing of that whole experience was I felt like I was back in high school hanging out when we went to the the quick trip, and we were all hanging out in the parking lot that was just <laughs> awesome so anyway let, let's get back to the bgg con I, i'm gonna go with my quick my my best experience um for me there were a lot of incredible experiences and then my worst experience which people in the room ex got to experience both of these so so for me my best experience marty was i finally got to play that grail game um star wars queen's gambit oh my gosh joel matt rodney and i played that last night and i was sitting there thinking what is so great about this Oh, oh, this is so much fun. And it's so simple. 
Joel and I got wiped off the floor. <laughs> Darth Maul, I don't know if his lightsaber ran out of batteries or what. I think it did. I think it did. But he couldn't do he couldn't defend himself and we we were the 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 Trade Federation and then Rodney Rodney and Matt were were the silly gungans and the queen and all that stuff. But it is if you want to sort of experience cuz you can't afford Queen's Gambit Star Wars Risk. Um, that is currently out gives you that feel, Marty. It was a great experience. Now, my worst, Suzanne got to experience. She got to see some Tony Rage, <laughs> which is not normally me, guys. I played a game and I enjoyed it. I was so happy to be in that group. I just wanted to play because I got to, you know, play a game with with Dan King, Robert Burke, Suzanne, and a whole bunch of other people were there. And it was a game of social deduction. And you guys know I love social deduction on this podcast. <laughs> Sarcasm inserted. Yes, thank you. And it was called Mayday Mayday, where you were, it was not politically correct. Am I right, Suzanne? Oh, yeah. There's a reason why it hasn't been published directly in the U.S. So so basically, you're trying to thwart the terrorists from entering the cockpit of a plane. And we'll leave it at that. And it drug on and on and on to the point where I used my daddy voice. And I told the people to basically just shut up and guess. And then uh, we'll leave it at that. Suzanne. No, I want to hear what Suzanne thought about this. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, I mean, I think that the first question is, is as much as I love hanging out with Tony, I was confused on why he even sat down at the table because he knew it was a social deduction game. We all know how Tony feels. It was the people. It was the people. Fair enough, fair enough. But I mean, I don't think you like anybody enough to convert you to enjoying (laughs) a social deduction game. That said, you know, it was one of the situations where if there were 10 people playing, eight of those 10 people were negotiating and pointing fingers and casting aspersions and throwing around theories and kind of getting into it. And there's Tony and this other gentleman, Sean, just sitting back with scowls on their faces. And (laughs) you can just hear them ticking away the minutes in their mind. And um, Tony has a great dad voice. And um, I I think all of us felt duly chastised. And uh, But for better or for worse... The uh, terrorists were were kept out of the cockpit, and the plane safely landed. So you know, there's that. So we won. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. So, but that those were my best and worst here at BGG Con. You, you talk about how you wish that we had a camera so we can get a video of the escape room. I wish I had a video of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, not a finer moment, Chas. Your turn, sir. Uh, <clears throat> well, for my best and worst, starting with my worst moment of the con. I think the worst thing about the BGG Con is there's simply too much, too many people that you want to do stuff with and too much to do. It. I went in with my list and I got a lot of things accomplished, but there's always people I wanted to game with, things people I feel like I, you know, didn't get to spend enough time with and stuff. And there's just, you, you make such friendships and everything here that you just want to do everything. And even with five days, you can't. But that said... I did get to do things, few things with people, which leads me to my best, which I think my best favorite experience at BGG Con is we got, I got to play um, a role-playing game session with this system called End of the World, where you set up a scenario where you are yourself. You're not playing some fictional character. You are you. So you're trying to ground it in reality. It still can be fantastic, but you want this sense of reality to it. What would you and your friends really do? And the environment you're playing in is where you are at the time. So uh, Matt actually GM'd it and uh, played it with uh, some of the people who are here in the group and some, some others. And Matt set up this amazing scenario 
that, yeah, it, it was great. It, it started, like I said, it, it had that nice, it was grounded in reality, but it got our adrenaline running and it, it had some thrilling moments. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a horror theme that was, you know, fictional and everything. So it had, like I said, fantastic stuff going on. But the, the, the way we collaborated and the things we kind of learned about how each other would react in certain situations, I thought was fascinating. And my blood was pumping the whole time. It, it was by far, I think, my favorite experience of the whole con. I was like, man, you did a, a fantastic job doing that. This is the second time I've, I've run this system. And it's one of those things that when you play, you're playing as, as yourself. It's because you're playing as yourself, it's hard to remove yourself from yourself. And I talked about this on a previous show where I played with my family where it got too real for Vanessa. It was like, somebody's trying to take my kid and I don't like this even though this is fictional. And I was running into the same situation with this thing where I was faced with choices and I'm going, what would real Marty do? And I struggled mm-hmm. <clears throat> because you, you're, it's fantastical. But you, when do you turn on the? We talked about when do you turn on the superhero self and do these crazy ninja things and all this? But first, you're just playing as as you. And it was so funny. Uh, Joel was like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's something real happened." So I was like, "I'm zoned out. I'm. I'm out. I can't even react to what's going on, yeah. on right now." You because down the hall a few times. Yeah. I'm, already, yeah. I'm already ten, thirty feet down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're if you're playing D and D, that's no none of us, right? No. You're charging yeah, into no. battle and you're doing all these fantastical things. But playing as yourself, you're you really do it, and it's it's, it's a different. It's it's less fun, ha ha. It's more of a, almost a social thing. Yeah, there. You know, if it's a goblin, it's like, oh yeah, I, I attacked that goblin with my two swords. But when we we got attacked by you know a human being in this world, it's like, well, I don't want to hurt this guy unless we you know absolutely have to. And we had some hard decisions to make. It was really interesting. We talked about possibly continuing it over Skype and and bringing Be better. In bringing in our families into the center and you know my eight-year-old daughter v-bug after you said that my first thought was no i don't want my daughter involved i don't want to have yeah. to make decisions about her at all it's yeah. too too hard too gut-wrenching so I was like, there's a foreword in the book that specifically says like some people prefer to not play as themselves because it makes it too real and i thought when i first looked at the book ah i mean you gotta play as yourself and then after playing this i even mentioned to these guys when we were talking online before we got here they said Boy, I'm writing this scenario up, and man, it's it's dark, man. Like, yeah. This is yeah. tough for me to write, you know? Because yeah. like, we joked about, hey, you should put some, you know, some other, you know, board game media personalities in there for us to interact with, and I'm just like, whew, boy, <laughs> some of the stuff you have to do and the decisions you have to make, it, it gets dark. Yeah. It gets dark quick. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd highly recommend giving it a try, because it, it was neat. I would say a lot of the best have just been talked about for me. Queen's Gambit was awesome. I played that a couple of times. Uh, End of the World was amazing, uh, but... I'll just kind of dovetail. I'll say the best and worst for me, or like second best or third best, and maybe second or third worst, it was both in time stories. Now, we played through the first scenario. I'm not going to spoil anything. We played through the first scenario, and I had a, we had a really good time, and there's this one puzzle in, in the scenario that was insane to solve. And when we solved it, though, it was very rewarding. I had a great time with it. And it was, very, it was a lot like the escape room, where you're sort of looking at clues and bouncing around and doing runs. And so it's a super unique uh, experience. Um, but then we, 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 we also hit some snags with it as well. And, and we started playing through the uh, second scenario with Marcy's case. And we were into some bumps. I don't want to spoil anything. But I thought that was kind of interesting how, I don't know, dynamic and different that system's going to be depending on what story you're playing through and, and how well put together that particular scenario really is and how many maybe loopholes are in there or not. Um, 
but that was kind of both, both my best and worst. <clears throat> it's so funny. It was the hardest thing for me to do this week was when somebody found out I played Time Stories and they said, what did you think? And I always paused because I think it's a really unique, fun experience. I think that we should have stepped away from the game earlier than what we did because it kind of tainted it for me. We went through the first scenario. We went six hours. And uh, at the end, when you had to kind of reset and start all over again, it felt it felt like we're just trudging through. Okay, do this, 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 just to get back to where we were to continue on. And that, that kind of tainted it a little bit for me. So I hate that I went through a full six-hour session. And we did say with the Marcy's case, all right, we we failed. Stop here. Let's take some notes and move on. I do recommend, unless you just really want to trudge through it, do it that way. And I know there's some discussion whether you should take notes or not. Personally, I don't care because if I can't get back to the game another week or two from now, I want to remember where what certain events and things happen and not have to re go through those again and possibly fail again because I just forgot something. And I, I agree with that. I think I think if we had played, actually, Tom uh, came in. Tom Bassel came in at the end of our session and kind of watched and laughed at us as we were trying to figure out the final puzzle and. He had said, you know what we're doing? We, we like, when we played the first scenario, we did two sessions. We did two loops, or what do they call them? Um, runs. Run, runs. Two runs. <clears throat> took a break for a week and came back to it. And I think that is ideally the way to play it because we, I, I agree. At the end of that six-hour thing, we were just, everybody was hungry, tired, you know, thirsty. Like, everybody was just kind of like, I want to be done with this. So we weren't really kind of getting into it as much as we as we could. So for me, the best and worst, I'm going to be that guy and say the absolute best thing for me is, is is hanging out with you guys, like hanging out with friends and being with people and, and playing. I mean, pick your game. I don't care. I, I could have this convention could take place in a parking lot and it would have been awesome. You know, like I don't care. I just want to hang out with. Hang it out did with quick trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's obviously that's that's an easy one because uh, the, the people that you meet here in, in again we're all we're all gamers. This, this eclectic group of people. We, when we're at the escape room, this when we first got there, she said. So where are you all from? Like this complete mix of different people and ages and everything. And I said, oh, we're all board gamers. Oh, you guys know each other? You guys local? No. No, we're from like all over the country. This guy's from Canada. Like we're just this complete. And they couldn't quite figure it out. They're like, okay, interesting. So I, I think that's what's so special about these kind of conventions. Like different people, different walks of life. We all come together with a shared hobby, and that's and that's great. I'll give you a quick answer about games. So these guys have kind of already touched on it. Queen's Gambit was excellent. Uh, Star Wars Risk. I played a number of games of that while I was here. I mean. Some game that seems like the simple Hasbro sort of throwaway cash-in thing ended up being one of my favorite games of the last the last month or so. It's it's been fantastic, and we played a lot of it here, two-player, four-player. Suzanne and I are going to play it today if we get some time for it. So uh, that's up there. Time Story is another highlight, and I guess I'm kind of doing very broad things. The last thing I'll say is I have to give I have to give credit to the BGGCon people. This, this convention is extremely well organized. Wow. I, all the things that are going on here, there's just so many events, the giveaways and the prizes. It's I had no idea that stuff was here. This is my first time. So getting the, the loot haul from checking in the first day and then the, the prizes that they were giving out last night, it was it was great. So all in all, just sort of a general, everything here is it's, it's a really excellent con, I guess is what I'm trying to say. One thing I will note, though, is sort of a negative, if I'm, if I'm going to be doing that, is, is food and transportation are primarily thing. A general cost is more than I expected, right? I'm thinking, hey, I got this cheap ticket out here to the DFW. But in the end of the day, this ended up being just as expensive, if not more, than Gen Con because food costs, there's really no good cheap place to get food. You either have to wear a takeout or take an Uber, take a cab somewhere to a grocery store. The hotel doesn't really have a lot of refrigerators, so you know you can't really go out and get food and store it in the fridge. So that's really my only gripe is that the, the food situation isn't super great and some of the costs that can come out of it are little higher than expected. I, I will say though, you, you helped minimize your cost last night because you didn't eat. 
I went with granola bars. I've been I'm so sick of granola bars at this point because I've eaten about forty of them over the last couple of days. Because we're sitting down there playing a game. We say, hey, do we want to take a taxi out of here and be gone for two and a half hours, or do we just want to like shove a couple granola bars on it for and keep going? And that's always what we did because you don't want to leave for two hours. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I felt so bad for you. Like, anybody want to order a pizza? He got this puppy dog eyes going at us. Anybody want to order a pizza? I was I'm trying to get that pizza going so hard, and everybody's like, no, dude. It's, it, was down. Two, it was ten o'clock. I'm an old man. This is not going to digest well, okay? So anyway, Suzanne. Well, I agree that BGGCon is an extremely well-run convention. And the organizers and the volunteers, the massive number of amazing volunteers, just keeps the machine running so smoothly. That said, as an attendee last year, and then, you know, they've made some adjustments, right? They learn year over year and they try new things to keep on improving. Um, last year... I remember feeling like I always had a place to a table that I could drop down at and game. And this year, even though they expanded the gaming like square footage, I actually found um, I actually had more trouble finding empty tables uh, during peak gaming times to just like throw down a game at than compared to last year. Uh, which you know could have to do with the way that they put hot games in the main gaming hall and vendors separately. It could have to do with an increase in attendance. It could have to do with you know people just not leaving tables, is not cycling through as much. Whatever, I have no idea why. Because they'd even added extra gaming space on all the floors. They knew that they were running out of space, and they were quite clever. In, in getting the conference rooms that were on the different floors of the hotel and opening those up and they had video cameras so you could check and see if there were tables open and things like that. But definitely had a little more trouble this year, you know, when, when I had a couple friends who were looking for a table to, to find a table. Not a big deal, but just something that was different to me mm. from last year. You know, along with everything else that you guys have said, you know, and certainly I would agree with Matt. I mean, just spending time with friends and, and having good times with friends would be my true highlight. But since he stole my thunder. Um, <clears throat> the second thing, I've learned about myself that I am a lazy gamer. I am the laziest of gamers, and I dislike and am bad at reading rule books. <laughs> and so the highlight of this convention, or maybe any convention, but the highlight of BGGCon, because it is, I think it is uniquely open and community-oriented, is... I didn't have to read a single rule book. I've learned a whole bunch of new games and I didn't have to crack a single rule book because there was always somebody available to teach or a volunteer in the hot games that could teach or a buddy would, would show me how to play. And uh, for me, that's a huge highlight because I got all these new games and like Matt's going to teach me Star Wars Risk. Again, I'm completely avoiding opening a rule book and that is a highlight for me about a convention. It's so uh, tough to come up with a positive other than what y'all have already mentioned because all those are on my list, and I think I probably – the first one that came to mind was what Matt says, is just being able to, to game with all you people. I, I wouldn't care where it was. I don't care what event, a convention it is because I think I'd have just as good as time uh, gaming with you guys. And it, it really didn't even matter the game except for maybe one, which was, I guess, one of my not-so – bright spots of the uh, weekend was last night when I sat down with Chaz to play uh, Nevermore and uh, the only the only thing I have against the only thing that can really gripe me about a game is one that just goes on and on and will not end which is why I don't play a lot of Flux I don't play a lot of Munchkin I will not be playing a lot of Nevermore especially with five players I mean mechanically I thought it was okay but 
uh, at the at, towards the end, I was like, please, just somebody win. Because it's one of the situations, if you've never played before, victory points are handed out. But the way you play, victory points can be taken away. So there's these constant fluctuation of victory points to positive and negative, positive and negative. To the point, I was trying to get to the, I was trying to help, I was trying to be a kingmaker. It's like, here, just take the points so this game can be over. <laughs> you know? I will mention one thing. You know, kingmaking is usually frowned upon. But when you did that to make that guy win... No one, no one minded at all. <laughs> oh, all right, sure. <laughs> we backed up and it was done. But anyway, I mean that is such a small uh, 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 negative to the whole situation. I just had a, a wonderful convention. I'm so glad to got to hang out with all of you and get to to know you better. And I'm gonna stop now. I'm gonna cry. Any any last thoughts on the con that anybody would like to quickly share before we jump into how people can find you out there in the world? The only thing I can think of is I've heard, like, this is my first BGG Con, I've heard BGG Con referred to as Board Gamer Summer Camp, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, that's an interesting way to put it, but uh, at, in my hometown, we'll have like quarterly game days, where we'll have you know, from 9 to midnight, everyone just shows up when we game, and that's, you know, you're just hanging out together gaming. This was, it was Board Gamer Summer Camp. This was like a five-day-long, just big game day in my hometown. You know, it didn't matter who you were, if you had a channel or not, or you know, were on YouTube or had a podcast. Everyone was just gaming together, just having fun. It was an amazing experience. And it's a great way to say it. The board game summer camp. I agree with that 100. <laughs> percent Definitely felt that. I think the first person heard, first person heard say that was uh, Jamie from uh, Secret Cabal. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, right. back at Origins. Nice. And then he'll probably say it wasn't me; it was somebody else. So I apologize if it was somebody else. Where can we find you, Chaz, out there in the world? You can find me on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash paradise, and on the Twitter at Dice Paradise. And I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Joe? Uh, you can find me at drivethroughvideos.com or just search for drivethroughview on YouTube. And my Twitter handle makes no sense, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's E3KMouse. Where did that come from? Well, I normally do Ecomouse. If you find me on Board Game Geek, I'm Ecomouse, and that's usually like my online handle when I can do it. But Ecomouse sometimes is taken because it's a reggae band from Jamaica, and uh, and uh, <laughs> I admit, I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So uh, anyway, so sometimes I just do E3, like three substitute the E when yep. I made, and I made a Twitter handle a long time ago, and that's also my YouTube channel is E3K Mouse because I made that. Back in 2006, before I even had a twinkle in my eye of making a single video, and I just kept using it, and I just didn't even think about, oh, like, you should kind of brand yourself, because that wasn't even like thought in my brain, you know. So I just started putting YouTube videos up there. <laughs> so just look for me as Eka Mouse on Board Game Geek or Drive Through Review. Matt, uh, you can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash Board Game Replay, uh, and on Twitter is uh, at Board Game Replay. And you can find me on Twitter at four two five Suzanne. Um, I tweet a lot, so I never actually recommend people follow me there. But you're welcome to, and I look forward mute, to chatting mute, with mute, you. Mute, mute, yeah, mute. I suspect like 90% of my followers have me on mute. Um, or I do video segments for a couple of YouTube shows for the Dice Tower. I do um, an app segment on Board Game Breakfast with Chaz, um, who's also on the show, and I have a segment on um, Board Game Blender. And actually, that was kind of a highlight, too. We got to do a live Board Game Breakfast, and you two did y'all segments and uh, we, we played, uh, Suzanne did a segment where she reviews an app. Well, since you couldn't see the app, myself, Tony, and Chaz 
reenacted out the app on stage. I cannot uh, recommend people watch that enough when the live show recording goes up on, on the Dice Towers Network because feedback on that was pretty positive. You guys did amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I think the whole thing will be posted on, on YouTube if you want to watch. The whole the whole show was, was really done well. And Suzanne, we appreciate you coming back on the show. We had to run into Sean from Dukes of Dice to get your waiver signed, so we're going to constantly pick at you about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we hate that Rhee couldn't be with us. She was supposed yes. to be here this weekend. Uh, she was uh, having to take care of her mom, so prayers and thoughts out to her and her family. Hope that they are doing uh, well. Another big highlight before we go was actually remind me of the Nourishima Hex uh, tournament to where Tony oh, and I that's right. got to the championship table along with Chaz and Rodney, and we kind of ran out of time, so we decided to continue this contest at a future location to be named, but we're hoping maybe Origins 2016 for the major Nurishima Hex grudge match. That's right. All four of us got in the finals. We are the two teams in the finals. And we're not going to mention how many teams showed up at the tournament, are we? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Ixnay on the eyes. It was, it was more than two. Yes. Okay. It was at least three. Yeah. It was six. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, was that? Okay. Six, yeah. Well, six, we had to include the portal team that was throwing. <laughs> anyway, we'll fill in the space. We'll play ourselves. Okay. <laughs> Good to go. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for hanging out at BGGCon. We really do appreciate it. And good luck getting your stuff shipped and making it to the airport today. I highly recommend that you use the airport shuttle so you do not traverse in Uber cars. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Yes, thank you, guys. As always. We had such a great time here at uh, BGG Tony, and it was so great to hear from everybody that we got to do a lot of things with and hear their experiences and everything. But, you know, there is one thing we didn't mention that we had been looking forward to all year and we got to do. Uh, yes, it was. We were, we were kind of disheartened to hear that Stronghold 2nd Edition was going to be put off till next year, but we were able to play a copy of it with the designer, Ignacy, and even though we spent at the tournament trying to pronounce his last name, I'm not going to try to go into it. Chevchik. 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 Okay, that was close enough. So um, we're going. I'm going to get there. I promise you. But anyway, you're going two player. If you got a good bud like I do and Marty, you will enjoy this game. The retheming, the artwork, all of it. We're going. We're going to do a really deep in. Uh, review in the coming episodes. Yeah, it's one of those things. Definitely, a, it's an asymmetric game. The attacker plays totally different than the defender. It was so exciting to have Ignacy sitting there with us the entire game. He taught us the game. He laughed at us at the stupid mistakes we did <laughs> during the game. It was such a memorable experience. Again, it's going to be here in the U.S. I highly recommend you check it out. Tony and I are going to play uh, hopefully a couple more times. We're going to switch sides and then we're going to come back and review this game. But really, if if you think the idea of having a two-player game where one's defending a, a castle and the other's trying to attack it and it's very Euro-ish, there's not a lot of luck involved, it's definitely one you want to check out. Oh, yeah. And I want to give a special shout-out to um, one of our um, listeners, a guy who was my roommate this week, Patrick Hillier. I hope I pronounced it. Patrick, I'm sorry if I pronounced He did something... Great at the thing. He was demoing Golden Ages for Stronghold, but he set up something I can't talk about right now. Um, and Patrick, thank you so much. That was an incredible experience. Um, it was it it was a highlight for me of the con. And buddy, uh, I really do appreciate you doing that. And I cannot wait for um, a discussion later. Gosh, what a tease! 
That's what I'm known for on yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe we'll hear about something about that later on. Yeah. Man, it seems like I'm just now thinking of all so, so many different things we got to do and experience. And it was so cool to talk to people and, and people would recognize us come up and say, you got any moon pies? And and Not we, anymore. <laughs> we went through a lot of moon pies over the past several days. That was so great for just to hand them out. And what's so funny is... Uh, we would like introduce ourselves and then we'd like hand him a moon pie. Oh, you're the moon pie guys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so and, we're and, being known yeah. for that. And the day that we wore our uh, moon pie shirts was awesome. I know people appreciated that. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, we got. I'm trying to think that a lot of these cool little things we done. I did trades with people and stuff. We got some. Hey, we got some more spice mm-hmm. uh, from from uh, Kevin, yeah. <laughs> and we got some. I got some jerky, and I got some nice cigars. Uh, it's amazing what uh, what a moon pie you could trade for. It's definitely. I was getting a higher value items uh, for the for the moon pies. It wasn't really a fair trade. I, I agree. And there were a ton of games we didn't even mention, like Cryo Havoc, new one from Portal. Oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. Oh, let me just tell you guys. Twenty sixteen, Ignacy said that a game called Cry Havoc, which is a sci-fi. I'm gonna. Uh, to me, it feels like an RTS game, Tony. Yeah, it does. It's like a real-time strategy game where you have aliens and three different types of aliens, or, or, or four different types of aliens, are attacking each other. He said this is going to be one of his big games for 2016. So keep an eye, ear out for that. And I got to play Mike Fitzgerald's prototype of a game that he got signed over with Crash Games. It will not replace Diamonds for me, Marty, but it will be seeing the table an awful lot. Eric Lang's game, we did it after we all uh, went uh, high school girl on him when he said you'd play a. Uh, thing when you got to play two demos of his and you and I played one demo together yes. and that was just oh unreal. oh yeah he's got a couple of good games coming out one is Victorian themed except at the very end he said Marty I just want to let you know you scored the lowest of anybody that's ever played this game and I've played tested this game over 70 times so I feel like an idiot but regardless he was like wondering though because you did so bad did you not like the game it's like no I really like the game I was just experimenting, Tony. I wanted to see how the game worked without know, trying to I win. I was trying to do all the different mechanics just to see how they worked. It wasn't about winning the game. It was about experiencing it. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah, and I'm so glad that I brought my Ashes uh, deck with me here to BGGCon, and I carried it around for five days and never once played. That was special for me. So is that directed towards me or what? No, not, no, not directed towards you or anybody. It was my own fault. I could have sat at a table, put out Ashes, and let somebody come up and play. It was Today just, at the airport. There we go. We got it planned. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm looking over my notes, and Marty's looking at me like, what are you doing, fool? (laughs) So, anyway, guys, thank you for listening. As always, we really do appreciate your support and everything for us. And 2016 is right around the uh, corner. Do me a favor. Keep rolling dice. And taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook. All right, guys, I'm kind of bummed I missed out on time stories with you guys, and now I'm afraid I'm not going to get to play it. So c- tell me about like that big moment. I want to hear about because I'm, I'm not going to get to Oh, it. it was definitely at the very end. We got to the bottom of the cavern. We have saw that huge oh, puzzle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, when you, when you get to that point, all you got to do is you... But never mind. Shh. Go play. In three, two, Jeez. one. Fever. <laughs> so, Marty, the vendor hall opened up and it was like a stampede as people ran in there. But you know what I saw more than anything? They were running to Fun Again Games to pick up their Essen releases and those 
Japanese games that they brought over here. Everybody was talking about that. Matter of fact, I got to play one of them. Somebody came all the way from Australia, picked up the game, because Fun Again had it, so that they can bring it back. Rolling Japan, that was kind of a neat thing. Yeah, it was amazing. They had all the, these different games that a lot of other places uh, didn't have, so they had this big old store set up in the corner with these really unique games. They did bring, as they promised, a lot of uh, unreleased games that are from Essen to Japan, like you said, and it was definitely one of the big hits of the con. Yeah, and I know when we get home, Marty, we got a package from Fun Again Games waiting on us. 